Welcome to Psyche Magic, a podcast about waking up to the subconscious via our nocturnal dreams. I'm your host, Jordan Hale. I'm a psychotherapist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Together, we'll learn to befriend the unknown and her deep well of wisdom. While aspects of this podcast may feel therapeutic, it is never meant to take the place of therapy. Welcome to Psyche Magic. I thought this episode could be a fun excuse to touch on one of my favorite subjects, which is astrology. My interview with Biz Coletti got me thinking about the way that astrology has become a bigger part of my life in recent years. I was fascinated by the planets. As a kid, I remember doing a science project about life on Mars And I can remember looking up my middle school boyfriend's sun signs, you know, to see if we were a good match. In more recent years, I've learned that astrology can be a tool for self-discovery. It's a mystery as to how the various systems of astrology were formed. But there is a romantic whimsy that I can't resist in the idea of our ancient human ancestors using the sky as a calendar. The Babylonians had already divided the zodiac into 12 equal signs by 1500 BC, boasting similar constellation names to the ones found today, such as the Great Twins for Gemini, the Lion for Leo, the Scales for Libra. And these were later incorporated into Greek divination practices. Divination, meaning ways of looking at the natural world symbolically and making meaning from that, From the 17th century onward, astrology was no longer viewed as a science, but as a wisdom tradition with remarkable staying power. The ability for humans to find meaning here has persisted and even gained traction in recent years. One of my favorite astrologers, Jessica Lanyado, says that astrology merely reflects what is going on in our world. It doesn't make anything happen, but it holds up a mirror. The goal of astrology is that it is a tool to help us feel seen. So thinking about this, instead of trying to bend astrology to our will, which is true of any divination practice. You'll hear Biz talk a lot about a quarter life crisis in our interview, a concept I know will be familiar to so many of us. This got me thinking a lot about an aspect of astrology that fascinates me, the Saturn return. Astrologically, Saturn is the planet associated with responsibility, discipline, boundaries, structure, patience, and maturity. This marks the phase of our lives where we are called to assess where we are and how much of our authenticity is being reflected in the lives we've created thus far. It takes Saturn 29 and a half years to complete its full orbit around the sun. Thus, astrologically, it is during this phase around age 29 when we may feel a great shift and sense of upheaval. 
This can look like things like marriages, divorces, big moves, career changes, etc. For me, it was going back to school. I was working in the entertainment industry at the time, and I was unfulfilled. I realized I was following someone else's path or idea of success. And when I reassessed, I noticed that I still had a lot to learn about who I was and what I wanted. I went back to graduate school, went to therapy for the first time, and started studying psychology and learning more about the person that I really wanted to be and the person I really had always been. During the Saturn return, our dreams will often be reflective of this process. Dreams are often pointing our attention towards the dark corners of our psyche and the spaces that may need more of our attention. If we are being called to reassess aspects of our lives during the Saturn return, you can bet our dreams will be echoing this. I am so excited to share my interview with an incredible singer and songwriter, Biz Coletti. Biz is a friend and inspiration, and she lovingly shared herself so honestly during our interview. I hope you enjoy it. Please enjoy this little sample of her song, Lighthouse. Where is my soul? Where is my soul? Conducting an interview today on Psyche Magic with the fabulous Biz Coletti, one of my all-time faves, fabulous musician, fabulous artist, fabulous human. So welcome, Biz. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Are you about to read my tarot cards? Okay, okay. I, I just, okay, so uh, for the audience, I literally just like started very casually unpacking tarot cards as I was introducing Biz. <laughs> She's now asking just casually. about them. So casual. So Biz, if it's cool with you, yes, please. I have been experimenting with just pulling a card just to kind of get our conversation started, just having a little jumping off point and it can Sold. be really fun. Is that cool? Absolutely. Okay. Um, so this is just going to be like a little bit of guidance for our conversation, maybe a message that would be helpful to us as we um, delve in to Biz Coletti's dream life. So here we go. This is the one. I got to kind of feel it out. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> oh. Okay. So the card that came up is the hanged man. So on this card, there is a picture of a pretty dapper little fellow wearing some lovely red tights and a blue tunic. I am trying to buy this tunic. Got <laughs> it's, it. it's honestly kind of a vibe. Um, and he's hanging upside down by his feet 
on a wooden post and he's got his arms kind of bound behind his back. He's got a yellow kind of um, golden aura around his head, which um, looks to be kind of like one of those old symbols of enlightenment that you would see in like early religious paintings. So the hanged man, do you have any like associations with this card? Is it like familiar to you at all? Like what comes up like when you see the hanged man? What happens? It to me, it's that everything's kind of upside down, but it's in a good way. Say, I like this. Say more about this. So, at least what it looks like, it looks like he's happy to be this way. That it yes, he's he's happy. He feels really good about. This doesn't it. look painful. No, it this looks look purposeful. He honestly looks really peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I at least for me right now, it's it looks like it's. Everything's kind of upside down, but it's a good change. It's a needed change, and I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with the hanged man. Yeah, it sounds like it's scary, but it's not. Exactly. That's what that's what this card always does for me. Is it takes this idea and image that can feel kind of scary on the surface, but then it presents it in this really kind of um, open, like loving, alternative perspective kind of way. Um, And that's how I tend to read the hangman in tarot readings is like, what am I viewing from a different angle? What am I viewing from a different point of view? And how is that helpful to me? So we'll see how that kind of ties in with our conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Hangman. Um, Okay. So Biz, where I usually like to start in these interviews is kind of just picking out a dream or a dream theme and starting with just unpacking some of the details of what comes up, what happens. So doing a little bit of description and then we'll delve into like some of the symbols and see see what we can come up with in terms of like meaning and interpretation. Yeah. 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 What you got? So at least this week, well... This week, I've been having very, very, very vivid dreams mm-hmm. every single night, which isn't, hasn't been typical of me in my late 20s. Okay. Growing up, like probably from 10 until 18, I had extremely dark and extremely vivid dreams all the time. Okay. And they would be about people that I would have like daily interactions with. And I, like there was a couple times I couldn't talk to my dad for two weeks mm-hmm. Um, my mom literally had to tell my dad, like, hey, she had a really weird dream. Mm-hmm. She's just got to, like, feel it out. Yeah. And then like she that, needs a little bit of space around whatever is coming up. Yeah. Like, yeah. personally, subconsciously. Yeah. yeah. She knows, and my mom would, used to tell my dad, like, she knows that it's not real mm-hmm. and that that didn't actually happen, but mm-hmm. in, in her dream it did. Um, but it felt real. It, yeah. When you wake up in that panic of wherever you just were and it feels like a reality but you know it's not it's a weird spot to be in yeah it's visceral Mm -hmm. and it changes at least it used to it doesn't so much anymore but it used to change my whole day Mm -hmm. and affect my whole day Mm -hmm. um now it doesn't so much I also realized that when I wake up if I like snooze my alarm and go back to sleep I will always have a vivid dream always yes because you're falling back into just that very light REM sleep. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough time to go deeper. And so that's your that's the dreaming place. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so two nights ago, I had a dream that I was at the airport, but I missed my flight. Like I had all my stuff in my seat. Mm-hmm. And some reason, like I got off of the flight 
and I went to like go to the bathroom or something and I came back and they wouldn't let me on the flight. So mm-hmm. I had to go to a different flight and it was all like people that I knew on this flight. Oh, that's interesting. But it, then it, when we got on Where the were you plane, going? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but when we got on the plane, it wasn't a plane. It was like a little roller coaster ride. Ooh. And it was supposed to be this huge, like my original flight that I was on. I knew that it was supposed to be this big trip, this long trip. Huh. Um, and then I got on this other flight that they put, put me on. And it was like a kiddie ride. It was 10 minutes. And then we got off and I was like, well, I'm not even where I'm. It, we just dropped me off where I just was. And mm. I, I was screwed. I, I couldn't. There was nothing I could do. I just was there. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I woke up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the expectation, the intention of this trip was completely like thwarted. Like it didn't unfold the way that you expected it to yeah I mean I was I know that like I knew that I was supposed to be on the flight for a couple hours Mm -hmm. exactly this long flight and it was supposed to be like I had to pack and get ready for it and then I put my stuff there and I got off for some reason and they left without me they wouldn't let me back on and then this weird tiny little roller coaster that was like a kiddie ride like there was no upside downs there was nothing in that was the complete opposite of what I yeah it's was like an easy roller coaster yes it's like, like the yeah yeah and people were like why are you here weren't you supposed to be there I was like yeah I, I don't really know this is where they put me and I was supposed to end up at the same place but I'm not mm-hmm. I'm back where I was mm-hmm. and with none of my stuff yeah there was <laughs> no like there was no journey no mm-hmm. it was a little little like bunny hops yeah yeah exactly and you said that you've been having vivid dreams recently this week. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if you can share a little bit about kind of just what's going on in your world like during that time. Yeah. Um, well, a lot of things are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boyfriend's moving in with me. Yeah. We've been traveling a bunch. I definitely have not felt settled in a place. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've just have been living out of a suitcase. Like planes have been very frequent. Yes, planes have been very, very frequent. So it's just kind of been unsettled. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of turmoil within my family and in their relationships with their significant others. And Mm -hmm. so it's it's been a weird spot for me to be in because I'm such an empath that I'm trying not to feel everything that they feel Mm -hmm. and be completely involved because it doesn't involve me and I can't fix everything. But at the same time, I'm... I'm, it's just all this back and forth of, okay, well, now what's going on? And how are you doing? And are you okay? And how can I help? Mm-hmm. On top of that, my world has totally changed. Mm-hmm. Um, my career is good, but I'm just, I just feel like I'm in a, in a rut mm-hmm. and that I'm just kind of stuck there. Um, like, I'm a songwriter, and so yeah. I, I keep feeling like I'm writing the exact same song with different people. Okay. Like the exact same lyrics, the exact same melody, and I don't necessarily feel like it's like a like I have the capacity to do it right now. Okay. So I'm I feel like I'm just in this Ferris wheel. Mhm. Kitty ride. Yeah, kitty ride. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's my life and, but you're and saying, my dream. But you're saying something really interesting because there's two parts of this. So one is that I'm in this phase where there's so much going on in terms of my relationships, in terms of what is needed from me and being asked of me at, at any and all times that I'm kind of choosing between being so many things to so many different people versus okay what is my journey that I'm on like how am I how am I feeding myself my career what I need and on that note we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back I've been single for five years Mm -hmm. and I've gotten pretty used to that Mm -hmm. and now yeah especially like with um, mental health and just dealing with yourself it's a lot easier just to deal with yourself because you're not impacting anyone but when there's someone else that's like hey are you okay like you're mm-hmm. you're acting really strange mm-hmm. okay well if I was by myself it wouldn't matter if I was acting strange it's just me that I have to deal with mm-hmm. so now it's this whole thing of I don't want to impact this person because even though I'm going through this because mm-hmm. I don't want I like I could figure this out on my own. It would just go away eventually. Mm-hmm. But now there's someone else that's there that's not necessarily monitoring it, but it just makes you more aware of what's actually happening. Yes, because relationships hold up a mirror to us and show us from another perspective what is being seen, what's being portrayed. Yeah, so it's been it's been interesting. There's been a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, a complete, I'm pointing at the hangman <laughs> now, um, a complete like reorientation of the way that you sort of approach life, relationships, day-to-day routines. Yeah. yeah. And there's been a lot of new experiences. Mm-hmm. Like I was just in LA for um, two weeks mm-hmm. and I always thought that I would kind of maybe, I've wanted to see what the like LA lifestyle would be like. Of course. And we went to a concert, and I was, the people watching was amazing for the first like hour and a half, and then after the hour and a half, I was like, okay, I, I don't, it. I don't really want to be here anymore. Like, my introverted self hit a wall. Okay, like I'm an extroverted introvert. I can talk to anyone, mm-hmm. but it brings, it depletes me. The energy. Oh yeah. Reduces and, each interaction. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I was there, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And but then you have someone. Normally, I can just leave and not impact anyone else. But now I have someone else that's a partner and he is absolutely wonderful and he would take he would leave any situation to make me comfortable. But I don't want him to have to do that. So mm. I'm pushing myself and and doing things that I definitely would not do on my own. Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting spot in my life that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And... Going back to the dream, another part of this that I'm thinking about is that, again, so much of your focus is kind of relational right now. And then when you come back to kind of the self and the career, because your career has so much to do with your own sort of personal creativity and like what you're able to give in that way. And so coming back to the dream, it's like the relationships are all kind of unfolding and there's a lot of growth, but then what seems like it's happening is that the personal part, like that personal um, 
sort of openness, genuineness, creativity, that part is kind of like spinning. As you say, I keep feeling like I'm writing the same song over and over again. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not getting somewhere else. Yeah, it does. It, and I had a, I had a, um, right on Monday mm-hmm. and I was, I didn't get in from LA until 2 AM and Ooh. I couldn't fall asleep until three. And so I was running off of three hours of sleep and I don't handle that well to begin mm-hmm. with. And it was a write that I've, I've written with this person before, but never in person. So it's always a little more nerve wracking because Zoom writes, it's very transactional almost. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, it, it is a creative process, but it's not as like, it's not as creative. You don't just vibe and kind of feel where it's going. It's kind of like, okay, you have this. All right, let's do that. And be done with it. I can imagine that in terms of your kind of introversion, that energetically that would be a little bit easier. Like I've got mm-hmm. a little more space. I've got more separation. Yep. I'm not in the room with you, like picking up all of each other's stuff. Yeah. Well, and through the pandemic, I've gotten so used to that, mm-hmm. that now being in the room with someone, there's a lot more pressure. There's a lot more anxiety. There's a lot more it's pressure to perform and to be creative and in a a very quick manner now Mm -hmm. because everyone's gotten so used to zoom rights that it's like okay let's do this really quickly but if there's been a lot of times where I'm working with someone and they're just working on the track and I'm just working on the melody and the lyrics and that's a lot of pressure especially because the expectation at least that I put on myself is you better write a song today Mm -hmm. in probably two hours because this person has to leave so I do feel like I'm kind of doing the same thing. But on Monday, I wrote with a fantastic, fantastic producer mm. and writer. And I was so nervous and so exhausted. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I was completely underwater. And I could not come up with anything. Mm-hmm. And he finally was like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm really, I feel underwater right now. Like, and I'm, I'm I can't give you anything. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to do this. I don't know any theory I don't everything is based off of feeling and you're talking about musically music. you don't have any sort of classical no, training. I don't have, I don't have yeah. any training mm-hmm. and he was using all these terms and yeah. like okay we're gonna do a major chromatic scale with a minor something and I was like oh I I don't know what you're saying when I'm awake let mm-hmm. alone when I'm half underwater so it's just and then I had a very vivid dream that night. I, it's been all week. Really? Oh, it's been all week. It's been wild. Do you remember your dream that night? No, they've all they've all been pretty similar. What of, was the like what was the vibe? It's definitely it, most of them have been missing things. Yeah. But they none of them have really stuck with me throughout the day, which is good because mm-hmm. typically when they do that, they're really dark like someone has died or mm-hmm. um like I don't when people talk about dreams when they talk about like oh I had a dream that I was doing this and I was flying and it was mm. so great I've, I don't think I've ever had like a positive dream <laughs> they've all been they've all been negative and and I could spin them in a way that's more positive but typically most but of my dreams are more like nightmares instead of yeah dreams. like they're often showing you something that's difficult yes And all of these themes that you're sharing with us about that kind of just that stuck energy that happens, like that feeling of 
I'm not able to move forward. That is a theme that I hear. I hear different versions of that theme all the time. And so it's almost like dreams have this kind of function as like a little internal compass, like just giving us those little pieces, like those little like breadcrumbs to follow Mm -hmm. about like, wait, how am I like, how am I following my internal guidance right now or not? Like in what areas am I feeling stuck off track? Because we're all feeling like that pretty much all the time. And you see it a lot. I feel like everyone that I meet right now is feeling that same way. Yeah. Because it seems like we're going to go back into another lockdown period. We've all kind of been stuck in our houses and our careers have all changed and our friendships have all changed. And a lot of that, at least for me, a lot of the changes in relationships and changes in career and changes in creativity have all been really good. Mm -hmm. But there's so much it's kind of been a little bit more stagnant. So Mm -hmm. the changes happened less frequently Mm -hmm. and at a slower period of time. And most of us aren't taught how to like reorient and rest and um, replenish. Like that's just not, I'm looking at the hangman again. Like this is obviously a character who has taken it upon themselves to take a break. But it's funny because what we're talking about is again, we're talking about being so disoriented after going through a pandemic and still not being fully out of it, still not being fully adjusted, constantly having to readjust, reorient. And what we're talking about that's interesting that the hanged man shows is these kind of body-based interventions mm-hmm. for like feeling more calm. Because so often we're so tempted to stay in our head about it and try to figure it out logically. But a really important question that more of us need to be asking is like, what is my physical body need yeah i just started reading the untethered soul Ooh, i've heard of it the first chapter talks about if you can hear a voice in your head it's not you Mm -hmm. anything that you are hearing or is talking in your head if like you're walking down the street and you're like oh that tree's pretty or that house is nice that's not you that's an internal dialogue that's not It's not who you are because you're the one experiencing and hearing the voice. Mm -hmm. So that's been something I've been kind of chewing on over the last couple days Mm -hmm. because it's my brain is so active all the time. It's wild. Mm -hmm. So to to know or to have that that theory of it's not you, Mm -hmm. you're the one hearing it and experiencing it, not the one saying it. Exactly. That it will, it is a muscle, and until you train it, your brain will do whatever it wants to do. Yeah, the neurons are just firing. Yeah. Automatically. What you're talking about and touching on is a really important concept in psychotherapy, which is this idea of you are not your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like if I say Mary had a little, what does your brain do? It goes, Lamb. lamb automatically I didn't sit there and go I am going to say lamb now <laughs> right like this is unconscious it's automatic my brain just spits something out well and that helped me a lot when when I was a kid and having really really yes violent and aggressive dreams yes where I had to be like okay this this isn't real I didn't because a lot of times I would have dreams of like my whole family dying and I'd be the last one standing oh, and as a 12 year old as a child yeah it's very scary because you're like well how did that ha- 
Like, I don't, I'm not that person. How did my mind make that? Exactly. So I think a lot of it, like you, you have to change the narrative on it. Yes. First of all, which took me a long time because they would happen a lot. Um, and them saying when I would wake up and I would be so distraught about Mm -hmm. them, you care about your, your, the people in your life this much, you would never do something like that. Like your brain is trying to make sense of all of that love and where it comes from and what would happen if it wasn't there. Yes. So because that is the way that a child's brain works mm-hmm. is that it we have to think about like okay, but what if this all goes away? Because we're wired to survive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that we have to um, like judge ourselves and feel attached mm-hmm. to what's coming up. If we can instead just kind of regard it with some curiosity and ask like, okay, like what is this dream trying to kind of illuminate for Mm -hmm. me? Like what are the aspects of things that I typically kind of push out of my consciousness that my, my brain wants to kind of fill in for me? Well, in the, in the airplane dream, I got off of the plane for some reason. Hmm. Like I, and I realized that in my life, that's me being scared of mm-hmm. what that trip could potentially be and what the, these changes in my life could potentially bring. Like that, the thought of change and something new. And I, I mean, I think a lot of women especially have been in this situation of I've only been in toxic relationships and now I'm in a very healthy relationship and it's strange. I'm like, what do you, what do you mean you're just going to support me? That's weird. Yes. Like what? No, there should be some conditions on your love and there's not again it's like a complete um reorientation mm-hmm. i'm doing the hangman symbol of like flipping upside down yep well and to to have it ha- it happens so quickly mm-hmm. and in my mind i was like well this isn't normal like this is not my past experience mm-hmm. and i'm fighting it really hard same thing with my career. Makes sense. I mean, things have been going really well, and I've been um, very fortunate to have people who really believe in me, and that is foreign in itself. Mm. So the fact that in my in my dream I got off of the plane, that I was ready, all my stuff, like I can see it, all my stuff was ready. I had my AirPods, and I had my book, and I had like everything ready to go, and some reason I got off the plane, and I don't really remember like a thought of getting off the plane or... Um, a reason Mm -hmm. I just all of a sudden in my dream I was off and then I couldn't get back on and then I had to go to a another plane or this weird roller coaster Mm -hmm. that was a ride that I'd been on a thousand times Mm -hmm. with people that I knew and I was dissatisfied with it Mm -hmm. so and that in and of itself is information for you because if I am doing this ride that I've done over and over and over again, and if it is suddenly no longer feeling satisfying, then that tells me something important mm-hmm. about kind of what's going on for me and where I'm headed. Yeah. I may not have been ready to get on the plane yet, but I might be getting ready. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's more the unknown doesn't have to be scary. Like you can change that scared to excitement. They feel exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So nerves and mm-hmm. anxiety and all that stuff feels exactly the same as excitement and like the new the new parts of your life and a new chapter yes it 
can it should be like change the narrative and be excited about it mm-hmm. so i i mean that dream in particular it's why that's the one that i brought up mm-hmm. is it's very it's very important to where i am in my life right now mm-hmm. of just just sit down buckle up it's gonna be okay yeah like it's exciting it's something that i haven't done before you don't have to stay in the shallow end of the pool. You don't have to stay in what you know. Well, it's growth. And on that note, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. What's strange is I don't, I stopped myself from like pressing the snooze button because I would have such vivid dreams and I didn't like having vivid dreams. So yeah. I would stop myself from going back to sleep. Like the second my alarm goes off, mm-hmm. I will lay there but not go back to sleep because I will always have a dream. Mm-hmm. And it's always strange and makes me feel weird. Mm-hmm. But the last couple, the last probably six months, I've had a lot more vivid dreams. And there's been a lot more happening. A lot of changes. Yeah. So it makes sense that I, so like you don't, you sometimes don't want to face that mirror that dreams can be. Absolutely. That is something that I, oh, like when you said that, I was like, oof, that hits home mm-hmm. for me. You're like, I'm going to avoid that. I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm ready to look at that right now. Mm-mm. Yeah. But what I love about dreams is that it's, it's just there for you. Like it's just happening naturally mm-hmm. and there's no, like you don't have to do anything. Um, when well, you can't do anything. Exactly. It's just, it's a natural process. And while I do believe that even if we never write down a dream or try to talk about it with someone or look at it, I do think that our subconscious is working out what it needs to work out Mm -hmm. just naturally, just automatically. But I do think that bringing that enhanced awareness, if you're open to it, if you're excited about it, I think that it can help just kind of deepen that process that's already happening. Um, It can just bring even more awareness. Mm -hmm. Well, and it shows you, it shows you your priorities, I think, and your values when you don't want to see what's high up on your priority list. If vanity is high, mm-hmm. it'll show you that and you don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. And that'll be, oh, that was uncomfortable. I wish I wouldn't have had that dream. But it's, okay, maybe you're putting too much focus on vanity then. Mm-hmm. So pull back and maybe get in touch with yourself a little bit more instead of, focusing so much and that was one of the things when I was in LA I was having a lot more vivid dreams about that kind of stuff of really like, yeah getting like correlated with being there yeah yeah of just feeling that pressure there's so many people there I know and there's so much energy and well, LA is a very um like externally focused like superficial place it can be yeah and I mean my boyfriend has great solid friends there and I'm just so aware of everyone all the time mm-hmm. that when I'm in Nashville, I have I have a house, like I have space, so it doesn't feel like everyone's like right there all the Looking time and me. watching me. Um, but in LA, there's obviously a lot more people. I don't have that space. I feel everyone's energy, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses. Of oh, sh- dang, I really need to work out more. Like, wow, I'm wow, wow, all of these girls like everyone here is like this Mm -hmm. and then you kind of have to check yourself of well is that important to me is that fulfilling me yes whose priorities are these yeah 
So it was, I mean, I was having a lot more dreams. The last like two or three weeks, I've had a lot of dreams. Like offering up that kind of mirror yeah. for you, yeah. that question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I had a dream, I, I came out in like a crazy ball gown. Like oh. this like really scandalous ball gown. I love when dreams have these like over the top. Image. Yeah. Like they're trying to make it really obvious for you. Yeah. Like, they're like, oh, okay, can you understand this now? Or hilarious. do I need They'll to do step something it up. else? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's just not, that's, that per, for me at least is not that important. I mean, there's a bit of it that's important obviously because I'm an artist and you have to. Yes. I can't just like walk around with wet hair as I currently have which you can't see we love the wet hair yeah it's so fresh so clean yes um yeah of course and especially as a woman there's always going to be more pressure more Mm -hmm. focus yeah Mm -hmm. and even just like getting ready I was like god I have nothing and then I come back here and I'm like ah it doesn't really matter like I don't really care Mm -hmm. your ball gown dream um do you remember what happened I just remember it being like really over the top and me feeling really uncomfortable. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like not, and being in this room and it's still not being enough. Like everyone else was even like more beautiful and more okay. put together and more all of these things. And I was, I was doing my best, but it still wasn't, it wasn't to their level. And I think like that was, that's always been one of my concerns of moving to LA. Like I've always wanted to try it, but at the same time, I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to handle that pressure um, because I am such a people pleaser that I would absolutely be like, all right, got to do a full makeover, mm-hmm. like get some lip filler maybe. So tempting. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so. The, what's interesting about that is that um, it was... First of all, it was this kind of very over-the-top presentation of trying to be enough, but then also simultaneously being like really uncomfortable in that, like being like, "This is not me at all." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't feel, I don't feel good like this. Yeah, I don't feel beautiful like this. Yes, like not only is it not enough, quote unquote, but it also is not enough for me. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, well, it's not my authentic self. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and even on the, in the back to the plane dream, like mm-hmm. th- even the little baby roller coaster, I was like, okay, I'm bored. I'm Been not satisfied with this anymore. Like it, it served its, its purpose for me at some point in time, but now it's not. Mm-hmm. And I, when I got off, I was like, okay. And then I remember after like the baby roller coaster, they were like, okay, like you just jump back in and it was like handing out. Like swag. I was giving, I was handing out things to people hmm. and chatting with them. And they were like, oh, just jump back in. And I was like, oh, really? So I was like, jump back into that? Not again. Yeah. I'm like, I'm still not even supposed to be landed yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still supposed to be on this flight and landing at like across the country mm-hmm. or across the world. Who knows where I was actually going? Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. somewhere far away. Yeah. It was a long journey. Mm-hmm. I remember getting off and it was like 10 minutes. I was like, well, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Wait, you were supposed to get me to the same spot, mm-hmm. and I'm not. I talked to so many people of all ages, by the way. Like, I talked to young people about this, too. I'm talking, like, middle schoolers, high schoolers. But that um, daily kind of grind feeling of just, like, 
wake up, get ready for work, go to work, come home, maybe wind down for a couple of hours, maybe do some more work until I go to bed so I can get up, so mm-hmm. I can work. So like that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm viewing that process now almost like a kitty like Ferris wheel that is so easy to just get stuck on. Yeah. Just perpetually. Well, it's hard to get it's off. It's always right there for you. Like yeah. beckoning you back. Well, you have to get off at the right time. Mm-hmm. On a Ferris wheel, you can't just get off whenever you want. Exactly. It's dangerous. You have these, you have these check-in points, these you know, quarter-life, mid-life crises, mm-hmm. shall we call them, in which you can get back on or not. Mm-hmm. When we can have conversations like this, and you're an artist, so you're used to bearing your soul oh, yeah. so that you can come up with something that will resonate and that will help heal other people. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more healing than music. I agree. That's why I I do what I do. Yes, it's soul healing. That's why I, during my quarter life crisis, when I I got to that point where I was like, everything just feels so shallow. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to feel that way. I I want, I don't, I personally feel that we should all be able to sit down and have conversations like this. Me too. And even go as deep as you are comfortable going and then maybe push a little further because it it breeds connection. Mm-hmm. And you can't get anywhere without vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And I think that our, especially our society now and with Instagram and with mm-hmm. social media the way that it is, it's so easy to get into a cultivated space where it oh. looks so perfect and it looks so... Um, put together and in reality what that one picture took was messy yes. and it was like figuring out your plans and okay maybe not that way maybe this way and let's do this one picture 90 times mm-hmm. let's take 90 different versions of this picture and then we can take one snapshot of it mm-hmm. and put that out for the world to see and it's just not realistic as great it's as the opposite it's as great as it is and as beautiful as it is just to scroll and have things cultivated for you, it's not realistic. All of that stuff takes work and it takes time and people are really, I mean, you see a lot of people who are like, I'm going to take a break yeah, because it's draining because it's not real and it's not authentic and people aren't sitting there telling you about their messy, weird plane dream that they had. Mm-hmm. Like... They're telling you about... Which is what we actually need to hear. Yeah. So, I mean, that was one of the reasons why I became... Why I started writing and sharing it more is because I got into this space where I was like, oh, everything has to look a certain way and I have to act a certain way and I have to please everyone. Really bought into that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not fulfilled by it anymore. There are very few people that talk about dreams I know like and my my mom has done a really good job of I'm one of four girls she's done That's a right. really good job of when we do have a bad dream like at least all of us at one point have had a dream that she has died and all of us are like absolutely inconsolable and she does a really good job of except like not it's okay, just like brush it off. Like it's not real. She does a good job of like, okay, well, that will happen one day. Yeah. Like things that are will scary. happen one day. Yep. 
That will happen. That will one be a day. really hard day. Yep. And it's kind of preparing you for it. Yeah. Like that's just yeah, like because I think so many parents are so tempted to say things like, No, that's Fix not it. gonna happen. That don't worry, like I'm never gonna leave you. Mm-hmm. And the truth is that no one knows. Yeah. And so for a child, having that more sort of like realistic perspective of understanding like I can never know that mm-hmm. is ultimately more healing yeah for them even though it's so hard and so scary yeah I mean as I'm sure as a parent like that fix it I know it's so tempting yeah just, she did a really good job yeah. but and she's really into dreams really oh yeah we all have that dream symbols book and yeah. if any of us have a scary dream or a wild dream she'll be like look it up Let's figure out Let's what's going on. Let's get curious. Yeah. So she's she's That's always cool. done a really good job about mm-hmm. that, especially when I was having crazy dreams as like in middle school. She was really good about, okay, well, let's sit down. One, this mm-hmm. didn't actually happen, mm-hmm. but let's figure out why yeah. it's affecting you in this way. Let's give it a little airtime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She did a really good job. That's really cool. Yeah. But I just enjoy and appreciate your your level of openness, like your level of honesty is something that I don't see very often. And it's really, it's like very powerful. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to be able to talk to someone who's receptive to it. Cause sometimes people are just like, okay, that's cool that you do that, but, but I'm I don't know. I'm not doing that. I don't know how I'm to meet you there yeah. in that place. Yeah. That's unfamiliar for me. Yeah. I have a lot of songs about that. You do? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm um, a four on the Enneagram. Are you so really? I, yeah. So I, I love fours. Oh that explains God. a lot. I so do. I, I love it's, fours. It's very, very rare for me to feel. A four, I will say, for the audience, is the, you know, it's the artist. Like, it's the... It's the, the romantic. Very, yes, it's the very creative Enneagram. The romantic. Yeah. So, continue. But one of their... One of the downfalls of being four is never feeling truly understood. Exactly. So, when some, when I can talk to someone who is like... Celebrates that vulnerability and celebrates the openness yes. and the, the, the insecurities and those scary moments. Because they are... They're scary and they're unnerving because people don't talk about it very much. When I get they to talk about They don't want to someone, look at it. Yeah. I know. When I get to talk to someone who is yeah. willing to do that and willing to listen and has you have a very calm and peaceful energy mm-hmm. and it's very like it's very comforting and warm so it's nice to be able to talk to someone who doesn't make me feel weird about my emotions someone who can welcome <laughs> that I feel the same way I've it's it's been a struggle in my life to find people who can meet me there yep. yeah mm-hmm. yeah now I've created a world where I get to do mm-hmm. it all the time and yep. it's super fun <laughs> Yay, well, now well, thank you. Have you. A platform like this. Exactly. And share it with everyone and yeah. show everyone that it's not it's not awful mm-hmm. to it's scary sometimes to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. but the best things come out of being vulnerable. You can't yes. get anywhere. The real stuff, the good stuff, like yeah. the rich stuff. I agree completely. All right. Well, Biz Coletti, always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yay. Appreciate you. You're awesome. That's a wrap for this episode. Thank you again to my guest, Biz Coletti. 
Your vulnerability is a masterclass for us all. Do you have questions or a dream you want to share? Please drop me an email at psychemagicpodcast at gmail.com. That's psychemagic with a C at gmail.com. Or you can leave me a voicemail via the link in show notes. I'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Instagram at psyche underscore magic. Psyche Magic was produced, recorded, and edited by me, Jordan Hale. Our theme music is by Young Summer. Artwork is by Annika Murphy. Special thanks go to Daniel Higby and Michael McMillan. You can check out information about this and other episodes on our website, www.psychemagicpodcast.com. Psyche Magic is available via Anchor across all podcasting platforms. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and feel free to leave us a review if you're so inclined. Thank you so much for listening. I'll leave you with a question. If you must sleep through a third of your life, are you willing to sleep through your dreams too? Get your dream journals out, y'all. Until next time.